All right. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Fluffy Banana Podcast. I know it's a little bit of a late show this week. Usually I try to script these things on Saturday, go off record on Sunday, and I think I post on Mondays. This week ran into a couple issues, uh, some slowdowns, and here we are now. Anyway, on the list for today. Let's see. Google wants to create some chat GPT competition. Uh, T-Mobile is, well, I'm questioning why they exist at this point. OnePlus 11 is worse than the United States. Google is a, Google is a good guy, but now we have an expiration for the good guy. And Netflix. Well, we'll talk about that one later. Now, with too, uh, without too much delay, let's get into this one. So Google wants to get into the AI competition or competition with chat GPT or just grow with their AI projects. And they're really pushing for it. It seems like they're almost in a panic at this point to build up AI projects. I think Sundar Pichai went so far as to call a code red and pull teams off of other projects just to get going with AI. Um, with all the rushing, they're set to unveil, unveil about 20 new AI products, key of which should be a new search engine. I'm sure this has absolutely nothing to do and, you know, no effect on the fact that Microsoft has been in talks or is looking at using ChatGPT to enhance Bing. I mean, if you're Google, (laughs) you'd be freaking out, right? Can you imagine a world where Bing is the go-to search engine? I mean, that would be crazy. That would be crazy, but hey, I honestly don't think that that change could even happen. Even if Bing has far better results or has all this AI stuff in it. I think people are so used to Googling things that they wouldn't switch. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but that's because, frankly, I don't pay attention to what who uses for search. I know a lot of folks use Google. I know personally I've been using DuckDuckGo quite a bit. Um, never have I really gone over to Bing. Hey, maybe I should make the switch. That could be fun. Um, other tools that Google is working on uh, seem to be kind of centered around developers and kind of kind of industry stuff, right? I, the only one that I really saw that was talked about 
that would be something everybody could use would be the search, right? Um, they are in talks of adding AI to the Android Studio, hopefully making it easier to develop apps for Android. I'm not sure if that would be a good thing or a bad thing, considering if you <laughs> if you make it easier to develop an app, then you have a flood of apps that will undoubtedly be unusable or just kind of junky apps, right? Um, you'll just see everybody sort of developing an app. Hey, we need, we need, we need an app. You're at the local, the local sushi place down the road. Hey, we need an app. Um, yeah, sure, I can do it. Uh, some guy in the back or whatever. Yeah. You know what? We'll see. I just, I just think if we let Eli, if we let AI do all of our app design or app coding, there stands to be a really big issue when the apps don't work, which like ChatGPT, if you ask it to write a write a script or something, sometimes it doesn't work out the best. There's a, there's been a lot of people that found out the hard way where they'll ask it to code an app or code a script, and it'll either stop where the code is just truncated, or that just has random issues. Right? Hey, you know what? Anything to make things easier. I, I just hope the people that end up using these tools also understand the idea behind actually coding the apps on their own so they can fix whatever issue stems from letting AI do it, right? Um, so this, this thing is such a rush for Google that Sundar is, I'm, I'm sure I'm murdering that name. I'm sorry. He, he's pushing to accelerate product approval by allowing the teams to review their own work and ensure that it's fair and ethical. Uh, you know, I, I kind of have an issue with that. In my notes, I say it's sort of an idiotic idea. Probably not idiotic, but probably not the best idea. Allowing a team whose existence depends on whatever they're working on approves said project at the same time. You know, it's <laughs> if, if if you're paying me, right? Uh, shoot. You know what? Let's put it this way: if you're paying me to design. Orange message, right? You pay my team. You, this is the existence of my team, right? And then you tell my team, hey, you know, we, we're going to kind of circumvent some of the checks we usually do on this stuff. And we're going to go ahead and let you um, certify that the product's good to go on your own. And we'll just go straight to market with it. This could be an issue. 
At least that's my understanding is, hey, now the teams are allowed to certify stuff on their own, so, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, like, everybody that works on one of those teams or this is even a thing, but I can see this being an issue, right? Where the team just pushes something out in order to justify their own existence. Um, that, that could be that could be terrible. And as somebody that would use a service or use one of these AI things, Google's known for killing services, right? There's there's that whole Google graveyard website where everything that Google's ever killed is listed, right? Like, hangouts. I like to hang out. For better or worse, it was pretty good. Um, that's just a personal opinion, but Dad died. Um, Stadia died. These weren't things that were, like, terrible. Stadia wasn't horrible. Right? Uh, so it's just one of those things where Google decides, hey, we gotta kill it off. Cool. Um, so, I'm probably gonna be real cautious investing any actual time dealing, uh, dealing or playing with any of these AI projects. I would love to. But at the same time, I, if this is something that's approved by the team designing it, I'd be very cautious about getting used to using it, right? It might just get shut down by Google, right? You know what? While we're talking about Google, let's let's talk about Google being a good guy. You know, last week I was talking about this. Google's a good guy. They're going to let you turn your Stadia controller into a Bluetooth controller. You're going to be able to use it with your phone. Um, I'm sure you can figure out a way to get it onto your Xbox. You know, all sorts of cool stuff. Super awesome. Definitely hook it up to your laptop. Hook it up to your PC. Play all your games locally. Awesome. We're not, we're not adding e-waste or anything cool well about that they have published a utility for switching over the controller now stadia is dead and the switch over on the controller is permanent i don't know why you'd want to keep it in stadia mode but hell whatever That's cool. This is Google being a good guy. Let's get on with Google being the bad guy. They build a game, they build a to change the controller will only work until January 31st of this year, 2023. That's it. That's it. There's an expiration date. There's an expiration date. So you either take your steady controller right now, switch it to Bluetooth mode, which, if you're not, like, super read up on Stadia, and you're kind of a casual, casual person, 
you wouldn't really know, maybe. Um, you'd have this thing sitting on your desk. You grab it. Let's say you grab it a year later, right? You figure, oh, cool. Well, I, I think I might have heard somebody say that you could switch it over and whatever. And then you find out you can't. So, the expiration date, as far as I'm aware, is just tied to the fact that Google has to host a utility on their website or so, uh, some, somewhere on one their service, right? Um, and that's it. Like, it has to be done in browser. It's about the same as, like, uh, I think it's the same. It's trying to get either graphing OS or doing a recovery thing on your, like trying to get stock firmware onto a Pixel phone, which you can do it through a web portal at this point. That's really cool. I have an expiration date, not so cool. So if you miss if you miss January 31st, 2023, you didn't switch your controller over, congratulations. You are now contributing to the garbage island situation out in the ocean. Because now you have a totally useless controller. Not totally useful. You can still use it through USB. So I, I guess not super useless. In other news, OnePlus has a new phone. I think the OnePlus 11. I'm sure it comes with Color OS and a bunch of stuff that stuff that nobody who enjoyed Oxygen OS really wants. And as an added bonus, you get slower slow slower charging in the US. Mind you, it's only in the US. Now before you get your pitchforks out, it's not too big a deal. It's 80 watt charging instead of 100 watts. None of that doesn't matter because this is their VOOC VOOC charging technology. Doesn't matter because if you are a smart cookie who has a modern laptop or had to go out buy a modern charger, you just went out Got a Type C GAN charger that can do both laptops, phones, whatever, and called it good. <laughs> like that, that's what I did, right? Um, so fantastic. If if you're still really upset that you're not getting those extra twenty watts there of charging, well. Look, this has been the thing with the OnePlus 10 and other OnePlus models too, so it's it's nothing new. Um, nobody's really had a pitchfork fight with OnePlus over it. I'm not really sure why they're doing it or restricting it. I would be sort of curious whether or not it's somehow connected to the 110 volt grid. Or 120, but 
Okay, can they get the full 100 watt charging cell? And they're on the same or similar grid. Yeah. Just whatever you do, don't go buy this thing from T Mobile. Seriously, T Mobile. Yet again, they couldn't secure your data. This latest data breach affects 37 million accounts. Supposedly, it didn't touch social security numbers, government ID, or financial info. All it all that's affected is your address, phone number, and names. Oh, and my absolutely favorite category, other. Which is to say, uh, which is safe to assume it means social security number, ID, and financial info. Look, all big companies have a leak every once in a while. Nobody leaks like T-Mobile. Like, nobody. It, I don't think the mobiles had a single year where they haven't had a crazy leak. And it's always the same thing. There's 30 million, 40 million. Are you handing people's data over? Like, I think you're just selling this stuff at this point. I don't think you're really leaking it. This isn't a leak anymore. Y'all are selling it. Be honest. <laughs> this, this is how you were able to buy Sprint, right? Actually, actually, I have a thing. I think at this point, I think the only there's there used to be two things certain, right? Death and taxes. Now we have three things: death, taxes, and T-Mobile leaking all your info. It doesn't matter if you were had if you had T-Mobile 20 years ago, they still find a way to leak your damn social security number. This is stupid. This is absolutely idiotic, right? So T-Mobile has not mentioned any sort of identity theft companies to monitor your life with, or any sort of partnership thereof. But with how these things work out and I think they were offering two years with McAfee and a year with something else or whatever. I'm starting to think that there's a lot of money coming from these, let's say McAfee, let's say LifeLock, whoever, right? Whoever does the um, identity theft protection stuff, I gotta feel like there's a bunch of money or at least something coming into T-Mobile. Congrats. It's it's starting to feel more and more like a marketing ploy more than anything. Just a, just a way to get people signed up for stuff that they won't use, but then two years later completely forget about it until there's a five, six, eight hundred dollar charge, whatever. It, I don't even... The numbers I'm quoting not exact numbers. I don't even know how much these places charge you to get their service, but I'm sure it's not cheap. So I'm I'm guessing that T-Mobile just kind of sells you to these companies after they're done leaking your info, and it's a win-win for everybody except for, hey, 
the poor soul that had T-Mobile, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, it, it just sounds so stupid. And Honestly, please, please stay away from T-Mobile. I'm not saying the other two have perfect records, right? They're both, all three of them are scumbags. All three of them are total scumbags. We don't have European levels of cheap data plans available or anything. So, like, they're all scumbags. But hey, at least the other two just kind of sell your data to, say, the government or something, right? Meh. Eh. T-Mobile does it too. I think it was Lapsus. <laughs> Look, the... Don't take this out of context, and don't say that I'm saying that T-Mobile selling your data directly onto the dark web, or to anybody that sells it on dark web. I'm just saying. T-Mobile, you offered me two years of free McAfee. It's a subscription that I will forget about in two years, until I get that bill. Just saying. I don't think T-Mobile did that out of the goodness of their heart or out of PR. I'm willing to bet that they went in there and they said, this is going to bring you so many customers. You know, I, 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 I kind of wish they had some, let's say, Government oversight or, I don't know, audits that could possibly check into some of this stuff and figure out which way the money's really going. It doesn't feel like it's going the right way. Like, they keep on, they keep on leaking. Like, at some point, at some point, you should hire somebody. That will secure your whole thing, right? If, if you cannot be trusted with my data, you should not have my data. And you're leaking on a constant. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense unless there's money being exchanged hands somewhere. Also, the fact that we only get other as a category from uh, T-Mobile. What do you mean other? So let's see. If I sign up for a T-Mobile contract, it's social ID, which is already too much. You should only really need one of those two. Um, address, phone number, and payment info. Those are, those are like the five things, right? What other, other is there? What other, what is there? What do you, what, what do you have on me? <laughs> this is stupid. Anyways. T-Mobile's linking on a regular basis. Netflix is posting earnings on a regular basis. And they are good news! So they posted earnings, the subscription numbers are past expectations. I don't remember if 
sorry, I wrote this way earlier. I don't remember if that means new subscriptions or just subscriptions in general. Either way, team, uh, not T-Mobile. Netflix is saying that subscriptions are past expectations and they're positive, which is fantastic. So in order to slow all of this down in combat expansion, what we're going to do is start policing password sharing. Congratulations. That's right. Everyone is starting to get a subscription burnout. And we're going to bring multi-household subscriptions to more places. To be clear, the functionality has been getting tested in parts of the world, but it hasn't had widespread adoption or anything of the sort. From places where it's been getting tested, it seems like adding extra households will be tied to whatever tier of service you pay for. So basic gets to add one more household, standard gets to add two households, and premium gets to add three households. With each add-on, like each add-on ends up costing more money, so even if it's three bucks for per add-on, it's an extra twelve bucks, right? I have no problem with Netflix making money or anything, and I'm kind of split on the whole subscription thing. I mean, I don't have Netflix. I don't really mooch off of anybody, but I don't have Netflix for just my own reason, right? The thing that I find really annoying is if I have an internet connection, or let's say I just don't now own anything that does 4K streaming, or, oh, I don't know, I the device I own that does 4K it's absolutely stupid to watch 4K on because it's my phone. So I pay for the 1080 streaming tier. I think that's the middle one. I can't add three uh, three households. I can't add three friends on there. By the way, they call it households. It's three friends, right? <clears throat> I won't be able to add one of those friends unless I upgrade to the 4K streaming option. Well, I don't have anything that can play 4K. Why would I want it? <laughs> or, or at least I don't have anything that can play 4K that makes sense. It's, it's stupid. Like if, it, if you want to do the add-on household, fine, but don't limit them on the lower tiers. That's that's the way I kind of get it. Some uh, some of us don't have internet that can do 4K streams. Some of us just don't want to do 4K. I know it sounds really really stupid, but let's be completely honest. 1080 is fine unless you're watching on a big screen. You're not gonna care if it's 1080 or 4K. HDR. That's probably a little different, but yeah. But you know, that's, I, I find it stupid. But look, don't take it from me. I don't have Netflix. I don't want the Netflix account. 
I can't stand Netflix because of what they do with their sh uh, with shows. So they'll make a show for a season if you're lucky. It makes you want to watch the content. So you're excited for season two, and then Netflix just kills it, leaving you sitting at a cliffhanger. And they do this time and time and time again. I get it. I get it. Not every single show is going to be a total knockout, of, you know, straight out of the park viral thing, right? That doesn't mean kill them. That doesn't mean kill the shows. Leave the shows. Right? There are shows I've discovered that ran for, like, say, eight seasons, eight, nine seasons, whatever. I didn't know these shows existed long after they stopped producing the shows. Like, Netflix, come on. Just give us, give us some of these shows. Don't kill everything if it's, if it doesn't turn viral within three seconds. Within two episodes, it has to be viral or else we're cutting you. That's, that's sort of, that's sort of how I feel Netflix has been in. I, I, I don't want to deal with it. Like, the time investment isn't worth it. You're left at a cliffhanger, and, like, it's, it's just not fun. It's not a very good experience, you know? Just send the show on. Uh, I mean, I'm not the one in charge of making money on Netflix, so I'm sure, I, I'm, sure I'm full of loss here. Anyway, in YouTube land. FluffyBanana.tech channel could not figure out how to get my OnePlus 6T video put together. I totally forgot. My, my OnePlus 6T is a T-Mobile variant, and there's a little bit of trickery you can do with um, reflashing a stock ROM to get it onto an unlocked version of Oxygen. From there, you gotta update it through to, I think it was Android 11, maybe 12, whatever the latest one is, and then you can get RAM, uh, ROMs on it. That's kind that's kind of annoying, and I didn't have the, the will, honestly, to chase down all the correct files, so whatever. Well, I decided to scramble to get a video out, and we looked into the guts of my ThinkPad. The very ThinkPad that's uh, recording this podcast right now. Um, yeah. ThinkPads, for those who aren't aware, have two batteries. They have a external battery that you can at least... I think the T470 back did. I don't know about the T480 because I never really looked into them. But the A485 is a T470 with a Ryzen processor as far as I can tell. So 
internal battery, external battery. If you have a dead internal battery, meaning the battery went dead from just sitting dormant, the laptop will not charge it. So you need to have power plugged in in order for the laptop to turn itself on. As soon as it turns on, it switches to the external battery. Everything's happy. That's, that's annoying. There's a trick to getting it to power on with just external battery. So just watch a video and I'll try to redeem the OnePlus 6 video. We'll see if I can be a liar twice. <laughs> anyway, this is yet, this has been yet another episode of the Fluffy Banana Podcast. Bye.